Hey everybody, Pastor Chip again. It's Friday, and and uh, I'm doing an interesting uh, perspective today on uh, our topic. I don't know if you noticed, but I've titled it "What They Want," but it's "What Do People Want?" Do you have what people want? So my friend Tom and I were talking earlier about this, and. Um, you know, Christianity, we, we're always trying to talk people into uh, believing in Christ, accepting Christ, and converting to be a Christian. But then, but then we're always condemning people for how they live, how they act, what they eat, what they say, what clothes they wear, how they color their hair, um, the tattoos they have. The people they hang out with, the music they listen to. Even Christians are divided over the types of music. Can you believe that? Amongst themselves. Like, some think you should have sing traditional hymns. and Some like uh, the new contemporary Christian music. I like the contemporary Christian music. But some say that that's not right. It's distorting the Bible. Well... Even the people that are listening to the old stuff aren't listening to the old the old first century songs, are they? I don't think they had a piano in church back then. I sure didn't have uh, the, the drums, the guitars, the organs, the, none of that stuff. So, even we are divided on things that we... We do, and um, you know, I wanted to start off, preface my topic tonight with going to Matthew 14, where Jesus feeds 5,000, and it says, um, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was even moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. And then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave it to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Just the men was 5,000. You figure if every man brought a wife, that's 10,000 people. And if at least they all had one child, that's 15,000 people. But what did it say that Jesus did? It said he had compassion on them. But let's look at the backstory. What did Jesus have that they wanted? 
Why did, did 15, 20,000 people follow Jesus into the wilderness? What? Remember, everything that Jesus did, he's setting an example for us. And the way that we should treat the, the people that we encounter in our lives. So what did Jesus do that inspired twenty to 25,000 people to follow him to the point of hunger that he had to do a miracle to feed them all? Well... Let's go back to Matthew 9. There are just a few stories in Matthew 9 that are really good at referencing the way we should live our lives. See, in Matthew 9, the first thing he does is they they bring him a paralytic that was laying on the bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said their faith, they brought the paralytic to him knowing that Jesus would do something for him. They all had faith. So he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. And the guy, and at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemies. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Arise and walk? but that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. And he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. And the multitude saw it, they were marveled and were glorified, glorified God who had given such power to men. What does Jesus want us to do? When the people come into your church on Sunday, and the woman's wearing slacks and she's got purple hair, and they just happen to walk into a uh, independent Baptist church or some type of church that's uh, legalistic, and you got all the women have to wear skirts. Are you going to tell the woman to leave, or are you going to say your faith has brought you here, and it's a good thing because today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and Jesus and His. Sacrifice for us. How about how about the next thing that happens? The tax collector. He saw Matthew sitting at his tax office, and he said, "Follow me." And the people saw him and and uh, disciples eating with the Pharisee, and the and they, I mean, eating with him. And the Pharisee said, "Why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners?" And Jesus heard that he said to them those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick but go and learn what this means i desire mercy not sacrifice for i did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance again if i'm hanging out with my friends and my friends have tattoos and my friends are military guys that i served with and and they use language that I don't normally use, and I definitely don't use in church, and, and drinking a beer, and I'm hanging out with those guys, and I get to be a light unto them. Am I doing what Christ asked me to do? Or should I say, I can't sit with you guys. 
You can't say a sentence without using a cuss word, and you're drinking beer, and you're all going to hell. Am I going to accomplish anything? Yeah, I sure will, but not what Jesus wants, right? You see, this is... Jesus gave us an example to walk among people, not in a critical in a critical tone, in a loving and compassionate tone, a tone of grace. A tone of grace. Then there was a girl. It says a ruler came to him saying, His daughter had just died. Come lay your hands on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him. And uh, while they were walking, this woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, she snuck up behind him in the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. Now this is really a major thing. And you say, why? It's just a woman. This is an unclean woman in Hebrew law. She is bleeding for 12 years straight. Unclean, should never even be near Jesus, much less touch his clothes. But she touched him. Touched his clothes. She didn't touch him. She touched his clothes. But Jesus turned around when he saw her and he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Jesus didn't turn around and say, How dare you touch me? I'm a rabbi. You shouldn't touch me. You, now I'm dirty. i got to go do purification rituals. I can't come out in public for a week. He didn't do any of that, did he? He exercised grace. Is that what we do when we encounter people that we look down upon for not having the cleanest clothes or the cleanest house or living in poor substandard conditions, you drive by and think, God, look at those people over there. Is that the grace that Christ would have you to exercise on His children? You see people that are working hard, burning their candle at both ends. They can't get ahead for... For love for nothing. Cars broken down. They need a friend. They can't buy parts. They're living in a trailer of and they don't hardly have food to eat. And yet you judge them? Is that the grace Christ has? You know what? You know somebody that has an issue with a car, they can't get to work, or an issue with their home, or their bills, or they can't put food on the table or clothes on their kids. And you don't step up to help, you're the one facing judgment. You're the one that's going to be held accountable on the day of judgment when Christ comes and says, What did you do to the least of these? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because you know what? I can remember, and I'll point it out to you. You remember this spot? All things will make will be made clear when Christ comes. Everything that you didn't do that you did say, that you turned your eyes up at, will be made clear. We don't have to bankroll everybody. We don't have to give everything away. 
But it doesn't help, I mean hurt, to share a little love, does it? Two blind men were healed. They followed him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he came into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe I am able to do this? And they said, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demons was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. It, has never, it was never seen like this in Israel, they said. It says, Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in all the synagogues, preaching the gospel. And there's an airplane flying over if you can hear it. Hold on a second. He says, Preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. People, I'm going to tell you, it's been 2,000 years. And the only thing that's happened is there's more fields planted and there's less workers. There's less people to do the harvest. And there are more people in need of the love and grace of Christ than ever before. Our world is hurt. It's being torn apart. And what the world needs is not people bitching and complaining about who said what, who didn't get their shot. And I hope you die if you get COVID, if you didn't get a shot. And um, Stay away from me. You know, you got the wrong translation of the Bible. You're wearing the wrong clothes. You don't go to church. You're drinking. It goes on and on. We had a saying in the military... People always complained about something not getting done or the way it wasn't done right or didn't have enough time. And i look at them and I'd say, but what did you do to make things better? What was your contribution to the solution? Or were you part of the problem? This is Friday. It doesn't matter what day it is. You can do this any day. But go about your weekend. Try to be part of the solution. You go somewhere and you see people who you think are not looking well-fed. Pick up their tab. They can probably use that money somewhere else. You go get gas this weekend and you see somebody over there maybe needs you to buy their gas, don't judge them. Don't look at them and say, you know what, I'm not buying their gas. They can afford cigarettes. 
Maybe that's the only habit that they can afford to keep from stressing out and going crazy from the pressures that are on their shoulders in the world. Maybe that's their peace. Go over there and say, hey, how about letting me pump 10 gallons of gas in your car for you? You know somebody in your neighborhood that you see them working all the time and they got kids and grandkids? Maybe they're raising grandkids. Maybe they're raising their grandkids because their kids have just gone, left them, and abandoned them. And you're, you're going to the grocery store? Step over there and buy one of those gift certificates for 50 bucks or $25, whatever you want to put on it. And go hand them a gift certificate. And when they say, what's this for? Say, you know, everybody needs a little help sometimes. I know you spend more than that on on uh, going out to eat and junk every week. What's it going to hurt to spend it on somebody that needs it? Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what I do know. There are a lot of people that are out there hurting, that need help that just needs somebody to take a second look in their direction. But nobody is. They don't have anybody in their corner fighting for them. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you've got somebody in your crosshairs that you see, that you know, well, I'm talking about it right now, somebody that comes to your mind, God has put them on your mind. God has put them in your mind so that hopefully you will step up and do the right thing at the right time. Don't let the moment pass you by. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't know the despair a lot of people are going through, the pressures of the world. And they may be at their breaking point. They may not have another penny to make it to payday. And you may just save their life and the lives of their family. This is Pastor Chip. Think about your actions and your consequences. And think about the example that Christ lived for us. The example of grace. Not criticism and condemnation and telling people what they're doing wrong because people know their problems. They don't need you rubbing their nose in it. When a person's drowning, they don't need a cinder block, do they? They need a life vest. Don't be a cinder block to people. Reach out and give them a hand. Show them the love of Christ and compassion that you have, that Christ has given to you. And this is Pastor Chip. God bless. Have a good weekend. Be safe. And I'll catch up with you all next week.